your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. If you want to get in here, 608-785-7914. We're going to kind of do two different shows today. We're going to talk to Gunderson, Doc, Michael Dolan. He's a doctor of internal medicine and talk about a little bit about what Gunderson's doing. We can talk about the virus a little bit. We can talk about how hospitals are opening up, how state, our state is opening up, and and maybe just maybe just have a conversation about that. So if you have questions about Gunderson, about the virus, about the pandemic, um, or anything doctor related, we got him. We got him on. He's uh he'll be on at five fifteen. So. Eight minutes away. Text me a question. 608-785-7914. Uh, after that, we kind of kind of roll with talking about this protest that's going to happen in lacrosse tonight. Um, at the same time, similar times anyway, the Republican Party of Lacrosse County is going to have a like a meet and greet for their candidates. And Derek Van Orden, Hollywood, call him, because he was in a movie. Dan Kapenke, Kevin Hoyer, and Jerome Gunderson will all be at the Republican Party office up in Onalaska at 6.30. So, you know, the show's over here. Then you drive up to Onalaska and go crash their party, right? I I bet they'll have uh, some goodies there. I know I, I did read that there's going to be yard signs for everyone to grab. I think we should we should get to a point in society where we don't need yard signs anymore for for anything except rummage sales maybe i guess i'm good with it if you're having a rummage sale because though i feel like all the tables and crap on the tables in your driveway is going to be a pretty good indicator that you're having a yard sale or a rummage sale or a garage sale so maybe we don't even need signs for that but maybe down on the corner hey rummage sale down this down this street right those are okay but yard signs can we just get away from yard signs they're ridiculous and only and at this point in society, do you, do you just kind of hate one neighbor and then maybe like a different neighbor or something? Like, oh, you're good friends with this one neighbor, right? Your whole life, or for the last three years, don't know anything about him politically, and then they throw out a yard sign from one for one candidate or another, and then you're like, oh, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't. I don't judge people by by what political candidate they they uh, want to support. I don't at all a couple of things in the news today uh the prosecutor we've we've charged the other three officers in the george floyd death so now and and we've upped the charge for for the the cop that was you know kneeling on him and and still i still am haunted by that video and i i listened to a couple of podcasts this since there are no sports and i'm kind of a sports guy this all this news is obviously trickled. Maybe it's not obvious, but if you think about it, it's obviously trickled into all the sports podcasts because, you know, a lot of athletes are black. This is obviously affecting their lives, their culture, their skin color and and so it's you know, a lot of people are talking about this, bringing people on. We we brought a guy on, not that he was a sports character, but a St. Paul native and a black guy that 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 talked about being at the protest last week and being at the precinct, and I thought that was an interesting conversation. And if you want to listen to that conversation, go to wisdomnews.com slash podcast, and you can check it out. I know yesterday, too, there was a, a storm warning, so 
I think that's maybe the only the second time I've I've had that happen while I've, since I've been since I've started doing the show. And there's some red lights that trickle on in here, but they don't tell me they're on. So unless I look to my left, like behind me a little bit, I'm not going to notice. And we talked about it because I'm like, oh, those lights are on. I wonder if so. If you're listening on on Facebook Live, you might be able to. And if you listen to the podcast afterwards, you'd be able to hear the whole conversation. But uh, for those listening on the radio, we didn't stop because I wasn't I wasn't sure. Uh, that the uh, the weather guy, the weather robot guy, like at a, a storm, a thunderstorm, and Houston County, right? Like that. I didn't know that was on there. There was no indic- there was no sound coming to me, um, and I forgot to ask the engineers how I do actually hear that sound. So I can. Oh, okay. Now they're done. I can go back to the show. So sorry about that yesterday. Yeah, if that 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 really probably felt weird on the radio, interrupting the conversation, right? And and then we didn't stop. So when when the the weather guy, weather robot turned off. We were still talking, so you can go back and listen to it. It was a really—I thought it was a really good conversation with Robert Ellis, and he's a guitarist in a band called Gray Fox. I thought that was cool too. Uh, some cool songs. I was checking out his YouTube page, their YouTube page, his band's YouTube page. But uh, yeah, the 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 officer who sat, kneeled uh, again. I get. I get kind of like, I just, it's awful to think about, but he kneeled on George Floyd hands in his pocket, right? Like what, what, what is that? Uh, he's been, his, uh, his charge has been up, up to uh, second degree murder. And then the three other officers have been charged for the first time with aiding and abetting second degree murder and second degree manslaughter. So they were all fired, right? But now they've, they've been charged, which is, is that, that's it. That that's where we want to be, right? That's where these protests. That's kind of is that the starting point of these protests? Like, hey, we, like we need to charge these people, and then beyond that, right now, like, how long is this going to go on, and will we see some some actual change uh, at this point, or is it going to be one of the things we're we're about a week in now, right? Like we're a week into this thing, and it's still going. It's still going in the cross, right? If you if you check out a. Uh, I saw I saw one of my friends share a, a photo out in Oregon. I believe it was in Portland. I'm going to pull it up real quick because it was pretty, pretty amazing photo. And hopefully I can find it here. Wow, sharing a lot of stuff. So this photo is uh, Portland, Oregon protesters, June 2nd. So yesterday, laying on the Burnside Bridge for nine minutes in memory of George Floyd. And it's a black and white photo. And it's the whole bridge is is lined with people, so hopefully they'll have masks on, right? But uh, it's it's powerful. So, um, it's just you know like this is going on all over the world. I, I feel like you know maybe this won't peter out in a week, and maybe we we could start changing some things. I don't know where to change them, honestly. Like that's uh, start at the top and work down, or start at the bottom and work up. How do we do that? But uh, we're a week into this thing, so we'll talk about that uh, probably probably about after Scott's comment in the news at the bottom half of the hour, and we can get into you know what's what's going to happen in Wisconsin in Wisconsin in La Crosse at Riverside Park, and and there's a Facebook events page. I'm sure if you you just go, um, it's called if you want to go like it or in, interested or going to it. La Crosse continue to hear our voice. Uh, it's a Facebook page event page, so go check it out. Um, all right, we're going to go, we're going to take a break, you get Brad doing the news, I believe, and then we'll come back and we'll talk coronavirus, we'll talk hospitals, you got questions for Dr. Michael Nolan, he 
He's an internal medicine doctor at Gunderson. Shoot me a text, 608-785-7914. All right, here's uh, Brad coming up with the news. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. If you got questions for Dr. Mike Dolan, Gunderson at Gunderson Internal Medicine, he he works at over there, 608-785-7914. He works at over there. That's how I described it, <laughs> Doc. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what is what is internal medicine? Let's do that. Sure. So internal medicine is really uh, taking care of adults with uh, both acute and chronic medical conditions. Chronic would be like heart failure, diabetes, cancer, you name it. So um, my wife calls internal medicine the, the puzzle solvers. The puzzle solvers. So how much, how much more difficult has your job been the last couple of months in terms of a pandemic, does it get more difficult or are you kind of like a, a side shoot from coronavirus? No. So I, I would say that the, the clinical side actually got easier because of the fact that we had to really kind of shut down what we normally did as far as normal clinic operations, et cetera. But um, the administrative side of my job as the executive vice president for Gunnison Health System got a lot harder because um, with the way that things were rapidly evolving over the first several weeks, um, things were changing literally hour by hour on how we had to set up our operations to adjust to the new reality of COVID. Um, and then do, do, you, do you feel like the, the shutdown was necessary for you guys to, to – to, I know there was a lot of precaution there and a lot of unknowns, um, but when you look back, do you think like, eh, you know what, we would have been okay? Um, yeah, I, I was laughing about that because early on in one of our town hall meetings with our staff, um, Dr. Kowalski, who's an infectious disease specialist, said, you know, if we do this really well, uh, when we come out the other side, people are going to question whether or not we really needed to shut down. So here's the reality. When we did the modeling of what, where we would be at, we predicted that we would have at our peak about 45 patients in the hospital at uh, one time with about a third of those in our ICU on a ventilator. And at our peak so far, we have not come within uh, a mile of either one of those numbers. So what I think that the, the shutdown did is it prevented us from hitting peaks that would really be unsustainable for uh, good patient care. So, um, you know, was it necessary? Yes. Uh, and, but at what point did should we turn it off? That's the part that I think um, we have to figure out. Yeah, when I'm going through a lot of this stuff and we talk about opening up, so I, I play a lot of volleyball, basketball, and, and basketball hasn't started up, but volleyball, my friends are playing volleyball and I was asking me, hey, are you going to come play volleyball? And I'm like, well, can I can I trust the people that I'm playing volleyball with that they didn't spend last weekend elbow to elbow in some bar somewhere? Because a lot of people that play volleyball, you know, go to the bar. So. Sure. But but what I think what the what else the shutdown did was kind of help educate people on safe practices, right? Like you know, like we're all great at washing our hands now and and wiping down. Like I got to wipe down this studio when I'm when I leave, so that when Mike comes in in the morning, he's he's good to go. He doesn't have to worry about me spitting all over the microphone and whatnot. But uh, but I but I think uh, like we can trust each other a little bit, or hopefully we can. At least most of us are more educated in in the fact that we we know how to kind of. Uh, keep away from the virus a little bit, right? Yeah, I think that's very true. I, I, I mean, I think of just my own practice. Uh, in, in my car, I keep a bottle of alcohol hand sanitizer. When I come in, I use the gel and, and sterilize my hand and, and my hands. And then 
when I leave my car, I gel again as I go out and head into whatever environment I'm, I'm going to. And so I think we just have these things that we've all adapted to and have become part of our normal. And they'll probably be part of our normal for a long time, at least uh, even beyond when we do get a vaccine for COVID uh, or a, an effective treatment that can actually uh, help uh, treat people that do get infected with the virus. Do you feel like the? I'm sure you do, but can you can you talk about how, how is is your job more difficult in just the, in the terms of like having to take these safety precautions? Do you have to wear like an annoying mask all the time, or or do I know you do, but other other things like that, or maybe patients aren't so so attuned to doing that either, and maybe they're a little disgruntled about it. Well, everybody that walks into our building has to put on a mask. Uh, that is a non-negotiable, and. Um, if they they don't put on a mask, then really we pretty much turn them away at the door unless they're they've got an emergency. Um, uh, all of the clinicians with all direct patient care, all of our nurses uh, wear a mask as well as a face shield. Um, I think the data across or around the world would say that that is an, a very effective way at preventing healthcare workers from contracting COVID from patients. Um, uh, as of right now, I don't think that I'm aware of any of our staff that have contracted COVID from a patient. Uh, the ones that maybe did uh, contracted it out and about in the real world when they were uh, maybe with family members or doing other stuff. So um, I think that, uh, unfortunately, again, this is part of the new reality. I'm on hospital service right now, and so uh, I wear a mask and a face shield pretty much all day long. It's hot. It's bothersome. Uh, it fogs up your glasses if you have to wear glasses, so it's, there's nothing enjoyable about it. But it does protect you, and it does keep you safe. Do you do you uh, do you have any personal experience with with uh, someone getting the virus and and having to had having to have gone through uh, reco- the recovery stage? Not in my family, but uh, certainly we've seen it in our hospital patients. Um, you know, I think early on we, we had patients that were transferred here from uh, other counties that we took care of, um, and it's been pretty much a steady stream of, you know, a, a few cases uh, uh, ever since then in the hospital. Uh, most of these, most of the really sick patients, I will tell you, are, are elderly, as you've seen across the country. A lot of them have other medical conditions, and um, they get sick. And this is, there's nothing, you know, the places that have been hardest hit, the New York, the Chicago, Detroit, et cetera, it's, a, it's the real deal. And, you know, the death toll is now, I think as of today, up to 107,000 in the U.S. And that is pretty much um, the worst influenza pandemic that we've had uh, since uh, 1918. So that this is as bad as anything that we've had in the last hundred years. I'm getting some texts, some some skeptics. So they say, you know, lacrosse is a population of 118,000. We have 63 cases in the county. You know, like lacrosse has done amazing, and part of it is, uh, and it actually, if you look at the Midwest, a lot of the Midwestern states have done a pretty good job. Um, I I think of. COVID is really um, a locale-by-locale disease. What that means is that there are some areas that have been absolutely hard hit. You look at New York, uh, very urban areas, I think, tend to, because of the population density, get hit very hard. I think some of the rural areas have done very well because we are used to being socially distanced. We are able to um, 
basically isolate ourselves. And I think we're pr- probably better rule followers than some of the people maybe in uh, larger urban areas. So I think we've done a great job. Our area has been really, really spared uh, a big hit. You look at what happened in Brown County. They were really uh, probably one of the lowest uh, numbers of cases in the state. And within uh, 10 days, they were one of the hottest areas in the country. And that's what can happen with this virus. So it can be very quiet and nothing's going on. And then it gets into a business or uh, a building or a nursing home. And all of a sudden you have 50, 70, 200, 300, 800 patients that are now sick with COVID, and then they're all sick at the same time. So eventually there's a big chunk of that population that's going to end up in the hospital. Uh, And I think you saw that in places like Brown County. Brown County did a great job shutting it down, and now they're pretty much at, they've been stationary for about two weeks. So, yeah, it's, we've been very fortunate here, and I'm, just pretty proud to say that I live in La Crosse, and, and they've done a great job uh, controlling the spread of this virus. We're speaking with Dr. Michael jo- uh, Michael Dolan. His specialty is internal medicine over at Gunderson in La Crosse. Um, yeah, and even if you go down to Alamakee County, they have like 120-some cases. They, they Obviously, they, they have a meat processing plant, so you, you see these people that are packed into these plants. Uh, you know, there are businesses, I'm, I'm assuming, that we have plants here. I don't know if they're... You know, we do have meat processing plants here. We just haven't had uh, anyone get the virus or have it, at least have it spread. So we've been we've been lucky too, right? We have, yeah. And some of the, uh, you know, some of the local businesses anyway contacted our business services people uh, pretty much early in the pandemic and said, "Tell us what we need to do to prevent our employees from getting sick." And they kind of took our uh, recommendations to heart. And they made uh, changes in the way that they did their work, and they screened their employees coming into the building. And guess what? That helps to prevent people from spreading the virus to their coworkers. Now, uh, obviously, we, we, we on top of a pandemic, we have people protesting. Uh, at least, at least we're outside. But do you do you see do you see this being a significant problem relating protests to to a virus spread? Um, you know, I think I'm not sure that we're. Uh, completely certain about what the impact is going to be. One, uh, some of the protests I've seen, a lot of the protesters wearing masks. Um, two, uh, you know, you need to have, uh, it's not this casual interaction with somebody. You have to have fairly prolonged interaction with someone's um, space. It, it, it does look like most of the cases of COVID being spread are being spread by respiratory droplets from uh, coughing and um, breathing in close proximity to an infected person. And, you know, if you kind of walk through the space of someone who's infected and you cross that space for just a few seconds, you're probably not going to contract COVID from that exposure. Uh, it's, it's typically of a, a more prolonged nature of an exposure, 15, they, they talk in terms of 15, 30 minutes, uh, being within someone's three to six foot radius. Yeah. Working in eight hour shifts alongside someone, perhaps. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, and, and that's something that you guys have, you know, doctors and, you know, epidemiologists that have, have, have learned over the last couple of months, right? Like at, at first they probably, they probably weren't exactly sure. And as the, the months have passed and they study this more, right? Like the, the, it evolves the, what we, yep. we know about this yep. thing, right? Absolutely. You know, there, there are researchers around the world actually working on every aspect of this vi- virus that you can imagine. We've known the genetic makeup of the virus for some time. I mean, they've got the genetic code of the virus down to um, a T. And so, um, yeah, people are really trying to figure out every little thing about this virus so that we can effectively prevent its spread and figure out effective treatments. All right, Dr. Nolan, that's all the time I have. Thanks a lot for for joining us and and kind of giving us an update. You bet. Anytime. All right, bye-bye. Thanks. All right, we're going to hit Scott's comment and news, and then we'll we'll talk more about what's going to happen down at Riverside Park. If you want to call in, I see Eric from Sparta has been waiting. And sorry, Eric, I, I, it's hard to navigate phone lines and your unpredictable status. Uh, but we'll be back after this on Wizzo. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get in here, you can call me now, 608-785-7914. The talk and text line, you can text me. A bunch of people texted me. Uh, Ryan, Ryan texted in. We talked to just talked to um, Gunnarsson doctor Michael Nolan. He's in internal medicine, but we talked about the virus and and uh, Ryan. Ryan texted in. Uh, we are not New York's met- metropolitan area that's covered 20 million people in 300 square miles. For reference, Dane County houses Madison and its suburbs in 1,200 square miles and is home to 55 or 550 thousand people. So he thanks the mainstream media and our fear-mongering. How come the mainstream media isn't worried about the spike that will happen in a week or two now that the rioting, looting, which is being passed along as peaceful protesting? So a lot, a lot to take in there. He's, he's, he, he can't call it protesting. He's got to call it rioting and looting and then allude to the fact that we're calling it peaceful protesting. I feel like both things are happening. I feel like there's protesting, and I feel like there's rioting and looting. And those things seem to happen with the sun. If the sun's down, that rioting and looting starts. And I think we're kind of getting getting a little bit of an open mind as to you know what's what's happening with with this rioting and looting. I talked to a Robert Ellis yesterday, and he's a St. Paul native, and he was at some of these protests in Minneapolis. And, you know, he, he did mention this stuff and he said, you know, the, the first two days of the protest that, you know, they go home and they start reading. I mean, there's actual reports. There's uh, I think the, the governor himself even talked about these outside agitators coming in and, and trying to, you know, instigate, instigate riots and instigate loot, looting. And, 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 you know, I think maybe people see what's happening and then they follow along. But uh, this is what Robert had to say about that. So just as I approached, I actually came in close contact with one of the agitators. And this is what was so out of place about it is he was walking through the crowd and, and he was saying, you know, why don't we have any Molotov cocktails? You know, they're really simple to make. And then he started listing off the ingredients. We had heard about them or at least a, a rumor of them from the previous two nights and so immediately all the protesters in the area were like you need to shut up we know exactly who you are and what you're doing here and it's not welcome and he moved to another part of the crowd so i thought that was kind of interesting obviously the i don't i don't know if everybody is doing this but if you're going to these protests you're, you're probably going with some people you know you're probably going with a group uh there's a protest happening at riverside park in 
in about an hour and a half at seven o'clock. And, you know, I'm sure some people will go there alone and I'm sure other people, you know, have, have friends they want to go to. And, and then if, you know, it's a little bit different, I, like I said yesterday, I feel like lacrosse is immune to a lot of this stuff because just, you know, maybe, maybe we're just a little bit smarter than, than, you know, the, 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 the rest of the country. Right. Uh, we, we don't get the virus. We, we haven't had, uh, you know, terrible protesting. We haven't where it's where it's gotten to the point where the police have to get involved in in rioting and looting. In, in and you know, but you know, there has been some incidents, and hopefully that doesn't happen tonight. And this the the balancing act that the police have is they they you know because they have to protect the people that are protesting, keep them safe, but they're kind of protesting police brutality, right, and and racism and. And, you know, so it, it's it's a little bit of a balancing act, I think. It's it's probably a little strange, but but I don't think uh, there's a whole lot of ill will towards our police department um, that I've seen anyway. So, all right, we'll go to the phones here. Eric from Sparta, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, this I wish I could talk to the doctor about a uh, uh, question I had. These uh, blue masks are popping up all over the place there in uh, any grocery store or... Uh, Walmart or whatever you got, and I wonder are they safe? Will they protect you at all? I assume they must have some kind of effect instead of without wearing one at all. I was wondering about that. Yeah, I'm so, yeah, it's hard. I'm sorry, Eric. It's hard to to navigate the phone without. If if Doctor Nolan was in here sitting in the studio, we could be face to face, and then I could bring people on the phone. But I, I, in fear of losing him and my my. Uh, inability to uh, hit buttons on the phone. I just, I'm going to do it that way. But the blue masks, I, I, I feel like uh, we're, we're just going to get mask picky. A, a mask is better than not a mask. And if you're wearing a cloth mask, go wash it after a day's use. So always with the mask. Uh, but it was an interesting conversation. I, I think, uh, you know, people, people see what's happening in lacrosse when it comes to the virus and no, nothing's happening, right? Essentially, we had three. I think we had three new cases today, and um, we're at to to sixty three. Nobody's in the hospital. I think maybe only two or three people have ever been in the hospital from the county, if I remember right. I might have, I might have missed something on the weekend, but then they would have recovered right away because they would have still been in the hospital on Monday. Um. So so there's the, the we're going to be skeptical because. Hey, we don't have the virus here. It's it's not really been in any effect. Uh, Greg texted in and said the mortality rate in lacrosse is zero. That's great news. Like we've been, we did our job, right? Like that's the the, the idea that we're going to be mad because of that. So, uh, that's great news. Like only sixty three people have the virus. Nobody has died from the virus. These are good things. Like uh, there was some sacrifices made, but you know, hopefully we got out of it without without anything worse happening. Um, and then go back to the phones. Caller, who's this? Hey, Northside Kent. How you doing, Rick? Hey, Kent. How's it going? Not bad. Nice sunny day out. Just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, these oppressive people that are rioting and stuff. Uh, not a good thing, you know. Um, my wife was looking at something on the Internet the other day. said there was some convenience store. I don't know if it was a quick trip or not in Minnesota, but they had a... Uh, a bunch of Harley guys pulled up and said, you know, this isn't going to happen here. You know, and they uh, stood their ground, and these people went on their way and stuff. But uh, I guess that's what it's coming to be. You know, you need to protect your property and get some bikers around and say, hey, we ain't putting up with this stuff, you know. 
Do we need bikers or can I just do it? I, I did just buy a, like a 10 speed. Is that, is, is that okay, Ken? It's perfect. About <laughs> 50 guys on 10 speeds with helmets on. Yeah, with those stupid helmets. Trip or something. Yeah. My friends keep asking if I'm going to get a helmet because I'm, you know, like I've never, I've never had a bike where I've had to wear a helmet, even though my whole life I was biking down a 55 mile an hour road. Um, man, just can we get cooler helmets for bicyclists? That's all well, I ask. Buy some of them Harley helmets with the spike on the top. Yeah, you know, that'll be you intimidating. Can on your bike. That, nobody will... I, I, su- I suppose, you know, 50 bike guys that are riding their bicycles with their tight pants on, them shiny things you guys wear and stuff, out in front of a store, you know, that'll scare the bejesus out of them. They won't come in there. Yeah, just circle them out in the parking lot. <laughs> That's right, buddy. I appreciate your show, and, uh, man, you guys are great. All right, thanks a lot for the call. Kent lumped me, Kent lumped me in with uh, bicycle shorts. Nope, not wearing bicycle shorts, Kent. <laughs> uh, not yet, anyway. I did When I did get the get the bike, I, I talked about, like, what to wear. and it, my, my, my idea here is I'm going to bike to work uh, since I can't play basketball. Basketball is, like, my, my favorite activity to be active, and it's, like, camaraderie. Uh, but my idea was I'm going to bike to work, but when I get to work, I'm going to be drenched in sweat. So what should I, and now he suggested I wear a Jersey, a bicyclist Jersey. And I was like, mm, man, not yet. Not yet. Uh, we'll go back to the phones. Number three is calling in. How's it going? Doing good. I'm heading to the, 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 what's going on tonight. Which one, the Republican party in on Alaska or the, uh, the, the protest party at Riverside. I'm, I'm going to the, I'm going to the protest party. Okay. I'm going to go over to Riverside and watch it. You got your mask? Or Petty. No, I'm going to go to Pettibone and watch it. I think it's safer that way. Oh, yeah, watch it from a distance. But I think... I got, I, I got my binoculars, so I'm going to just look across the river. That way I won't get in any trouble, right? Yeah, they're starting at Riverside, though, but then they're going to walk up. It looks like I got the map here. They're going to walk up, it looks like 2nd Second, Second Street, up north, yep. and then across down to City Hall. Yep. And then they're going to walk all the way down to Cass Street. Yep. And then past Cass Street, uh, what road? Uh, a block past Market. So whatever road that would okay, be. Well, and then, I'll be over in Riverside, so I'll be safe then, right? Well, you know, yeah, if you're going to be over by Pettibone, you, you will, actually, you probably won't see anything, but you also won't have to wait for uh, p- protesters in traffic. That's right. And then get yourself a brain bucket. If you're going to start riding that new tricycle, <laughs> is that that's a cooler way to call them a, a, a helmet? Yeah, oh, a brain that, bucket. That's what snowmobilers call it is a brain bucket. So you, I got one if you need one. You got a snowmobile helmet for me? Yeah, I could I could let you use it until winter. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I have a snowmobile helmet. I don't know if I want to wear that in the summer on a bicycle though. Well, better the brain bucket, the more protection. You need. You might need it. Can I get one of those aviator leather like leather hat helmet things like what the 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 airplane pilots used to wear? Yeah, you could get one of them. That's a little cooler, and then I'll get those goggles too. I like those goggles. In fact, I, I got a World War Two uh, uh, World War Two um, flight uniform from Germany. You could wear that too. It's black. Oh really? Yeah. You could, that... put, you could put you could put an eagle on the back. Yeah, that that thing actually sounds cool. I wouldn't mind seeing that actually. Okay, well, I'm just heading over the bridge now. Okay, good luck. I'll uh, wave to you when I get to Riverside. All right, thanks. <laughs> All right, see you later. Uh, number three, going to check out the the protest from across the river at Pettibone, it sounds like. Uh, 7 o'clock, this thing starts at, down at Riverside Park. 
Um, and if you don't want to go to that, you can go to the Republican Party meet and greet. That's at um, the Republican Party office at 110 3rd Street, non Alaska. 110 3rd Avenue, sorry. 3rd Avenue South. Um, Derek Van Orden, Hollywood. Uh, Dan Kapenke, Kevin Hoyer, and Jerome Gunderson will all be there. And you can get yard signs, which I I said uh, earlier in the show that I don't believe in. I don't think we need yard signs. It's just stupid. Like let's 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 move past yard signs. We can do something else. Nothing else. We don't need yard signs. They're just ugly and annoying. Um, man, when I when I growing up in Greenville, there's uh, that reminds me. And we were kids, so I'll just say that. But uh, we have the catfish races in Greenville, and I think they have those in Trimplo, right? They, they have the same thing. So it was always kind of like a weird concept, like catfish races growing up. But the, the signs were funny, right? Like catfish races, what? So as kids, and the signs were everywhere. July 13th through 17th, catfish races, Greenville. And, you know, there were probably 500 of them. And, you know, when we were little, we would go and, and load up the car with them. We, we did get caught one time, too. Some parents parents weren't very happy getting caught stealing catfish racist signs. All right, we're going to take another quick break. We'll be back after this. I was. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. The talk and text line, if you want to get in here, uh, Greg texted that I didn't do anything to stop COVID-19. And I replied, I am the king of social distancing. I don't know what you're talking about, Greg. All I do is go for walks and stay home. So, um, Phil said protesters give cover to the rioters. When the protesters are told to go home, they don't go home. Yeah, except that we live in a free country, right? So when you tell somebody to go home, are we not free to stay out if we want? Um, it was arguing with somebody about the, the idea of a curfew. I mean, I had a curfew since, you know, 1995. I was a pretty good kid, except for that whole catfish signs incident. So I didn't really have a curfew. I don't think my parents worried too much about me. I didn't really drink or anything like that, uh, unlike my older brother in high school. But um, So never really thought about a curfew. But the idea of having a curfew in a town because you know they're worried about uh, riots and, and looters coming out after that, uh, you know, there's, there's an impingement on our ability to just be, be free and, and stay out if we want. Right. Like that's kind of, kind of annoying. Where, where do we draw the line? And then what are we going to do? Bring the national guard in to tell everyone to go home because of curfew. Um, shouldn't you be upset about that? You should be able to stay outside if you want to. Right. Uh, number three is back. Go ahead. You're, you're back. I'm back. I think uh, there's seven cars over where I am, but there's only three cars over where the party's supposed to be. Well, you're an hour early. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll sit here an hour then. Yeah, maybe take just take a walk or down, up and down the river, or take a dip in the in the uh, in the river if you want. No, I, I wouldn't <laughs> swim out there. Isn't the restaurant open? For... You could go over to the restaurant across the way there. Yeah, but then I couldn't see the cars. Your wife? I'll, I'll just stay here. I'll, I'll call you tomorrow night. Let let you know how it's done. Did your Did your wife give you uh, some some money to go get some snacks? Yes, we we stopped. And got something to eat. Oh, she's so we're with you. sitting over here bonding. Okay. Well, tomorrow I'm having the Libertarian uh, presidential candidate on Joe Jorgensen. So. Oh, okay. Big Who's time. He? What's that? <laughs> we'll see ya. Yep. All right. Uh, we'll go back to the phones. Uh, Tom's on. Tom, go ahead. 
Well, I want to have a little conversation, but I want to start by asking you a question. I'd like to know uh, how you would describe this protest tonight. What is it about? Uh, pr- probably more so about racism, I guess, and in the idea that you know this the things like this keep happening, where we just had three incidents where where black people, you know, have been have been killed. Uh, you know, from from something the the police did, and you know, one indirectly, and then two others directly. Like the the no knock warrant uh, that that woman was killed in her apartment. Uh, I think her her boyfriend who had a concealed carry. Uh, I think he was charged for trying to protect his home as police entered without knocking. Right, the no knock warrant. Uh, and then we had the kid in Georgia, right, who was who was jogging, and uh, the 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 men recorded his killing, like what they sh- they gunned him down, and there was apparently a police cover up there, and and now we have this another situation in Minneapolis or in the Twin Cities where where police are are doing something that that gets caught on video that's highly inappropriate. So I mean, we can start there, and then we can you know where do you want to go from there? Well, here's where I want to go. Uh, 99.9% of all police interaction with the public and even criminals ends up in a satisfactory result. So I think we have to start praising our police officer a little bit. We do have some that uh, do things that are a little bit over the line or a lot over the line, but we really need to um, kind of protect our police officers and our law enforcement. We are basically shaming that, that entire bunch of people because uh, every day we hear all the bad things that they do, uh, not uh, the good things. Okay, so, so let, this, me, let me throw one more. I got one more really important well, point in, to make. In relation to that, this this officer that yeah. was kneeling on George Floyd had 17 complaints against him. I think one one led to punishment, but he had 17 complaints. So there there's obviously a, a, a gap in in punishment for officers that are out of line. Well, okay, so he would be that one-tenth of one percent that's a problem uh, if all that is true. But here's what's really important, Rick. This is important for all your people to hear. Up in Trumple County, probably seven, eight, ten years ago now, there was a 128-pound woman high on PCP on the interstate. Before they finally got that woman under control, it took five full-size officers to get her under control. And I'm going to tell you that these police officers are exposed to a lot of things, and so they, they, they aren't always going to do a perfect job. And then one more thing that we have to remember and realize is that they have to make snap decisions. And they also, Rick, they also have to come out on top. They have to win. If they don't get control of the criminal or the bad guy or the guy that's going to shoot somebody or who knows what, then we all lose. They I have mean, to get control. We cannot allow these people to basically take control and kill the officer or other people. It's yeah, very important. Thank yeah, you, that Minneapolis cop definitely came out on top on that situation. He stayed on top of that dude's neck for nine minutes as that guy pleaded for his life. He called out to his mother, uh, told the cop he couldn't breathe. The cop kneeled on him with his hands in his pocket. That's where we're at. And, yeah, there's there's uh, there's certain incidences. Most police officers are good. Most black people are good. But, like, can we can we get to a point where we, we start to try to fix the, these these incidences that happen? Why why did that happen? Like, why, why didn't the other three officers step in? The dude was on the ground, like, What's going on there? That's super weird. And we probably could stop doing stuff like that. We aren't affected by that. A uh, bunch of white people, too, on top of that. So we're not going to understand. I talked to 
Robert yesterday, Robert Ellis, uh, about how you know he's got to tell his kids how to how to be, and maybe we all do how to be respectful to officers, but not to make any sudden movements, you know, in certain places. But yeah, we're probably a little bit better off in lacrosse. Again, we're kind of immune to some of this stuff. Not totally immune, but but we're we're lucky. I think we're all lucky and privileged to live here. All right, like I said, uh, Libertarian president for candidate uh, can- presidential candidate on tomorrow. Thanks for listening, guys.